Hello everybody, this is Miss Kapow, and today's date is October 4th, 2020. I gotta say, you did that really professional. I've been doing it a long time. You really did. I have a question though, and I think I think the audience has a question too. Why are you right here? <laughs> I wanna be close to you. <laughs> close to you. You're usually in a pink cave. I am. Because but today um, I'm here. you're supposed to stay six miles away because of COVID. <laughs> what happened? Hey, we swapped spit. <laughs> that was years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. We can edit that. That's nasty. <laughs> That's Fuji Fuji. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's talk about Abraham. Abraham. And let's talk about faith okay. and believe. Okay, so. And Isaac and, and God. Isaac. Here's the deal. He's he's used Abraham, Father Abraham, is used as an example throughout the scriptures uh, as faith in what God says and trust in God. So I think it's important that we understand what happened. What when we read that in Romans, in Hebrews, James, right? Mm-hmm. It's important to go back and go, well, what exactly is going on here and how how does it apply to us? Mm-hmm. So, um, the, we were discussing earlier, if you were listening, I don't know, we were discussing earlier, of elevating the truth of God above non-truth of God. So, we might have other ideas or other thoughts or other things in our heads or feelings about something that doesn't align with what the truth of God is. And when I say the truth of God, I'm talking about what? Biblical scripture. Mm-hmm. Sola scriptura. Biblical scripture. So it, line, it aligns with the word of God as written in the Bible. But also, I do believe that the Lord speaks to us as individuals. The Lord speaks to your heart. I, I know there's a lot of people like, I don't speak to anybody, but he does. And the Lord uh, prompts you and guides you. The Holy Spirit, I should say, that's the job. He guides you in all truth and stuff. But the Holy Spirit will never give you revealed revelation that is not already revealed in the Word of God. That's right. Okay, so if he's going to give you something to guide your life, it could be verified and confirmed within the Word of God. So in other words, you're not going to have some wacky dream, some wacky vision that says, uh, God told me that there's three antichrists coming and one... You know, looks like Brother Kapow, and one looks like a baby Kapow, you know. And, um, you know, it's not going to be... See, you're already falling for the deception, man. (laughs) Um, It would have to be verified by the Word of God. See, I think you get my point, right? I get your point. Without beating a dead halt. All right, so let's... um, It's just that I remember how cute you were as a baby. I was cute. I, I don't know what ha- I don't know what this is all about. Well, you're handsome now. I am. But I you're am. cute. And everybody see my tattoos? Because people's like, oh, Brother Kapow has tattoos. Look at that. That was before I was a Christian. That's me. <laughs> before a Christian, I was a warrior. I used to kill people for a living. Right? Mm-hmm. I can't talk about. I can't talk about the years between 1985 and 1990. Don't ask me about them. Okay. It's in the vault. It's in the vault. Um, so what we're going to do here is we are going to look at our very first scripture, and we're going to start in Genesis and look at Abraham and what that promise was and what was going on there. Then we're going to move into the New Testament mm-hmm. and see and see the application there. 
All right? Mm -hmm. All right. So share screen, Linda Bone, Linda Kapow Bone, where are you? Not there. There you are. Now, the viewers on YouTubes, on the YouTubes, can now see the scriptures we're reading. All right? The listeners on the podcasts... Cannot. On the internet webs, on the interwebs, cannot see but what we're doing, but they can hear. hear. They can hear what we're doing. Yeah. All right. So we are using, and we're proud to use this, we love this Bible, the Holman, the HCSB, the, what is, I forgot what CSB stands for, Christian some Bible I forgot. I'm so lame. Um, anyway, that's what we're using, the HCSB. Uh, because I'm a scholar, I can't even remember what it's actually called. <clears throat> but um, we really like this translation. It is a, um, it's what they call, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a literal translation Okay, but also... It's a Holman Christian Standard Bible. Okay, so somewhere in there. Holman Christian Standard Bible. And uh, they do a literal translation like the NASB or the K, you know KJV and stuff. And it comes from the Textus Receptus. Mm -hmm. and it comes out of the, the KJV line of things. But they also um, use what they call... Um, it's, it's a little bit of dynamic uh, interpretation as it as applies to certain passages that might need to be clarified. And, um, but anyway, it's, uh, it's, it reads very well and very poetic and smooth. And so we're going to use it today. We were uh, happy about it. We kind of, we kind of like this. So that's what we're using, the uh, Holman Christian Standard Bible or just the CSB. All right. So this is the call of Abraham. We're going to go to Genesis 12. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know what we're going to read to one through what? Uh, we're going to read um, 1 through 7. 1 through 7. And so, Ms. Kapow, if you'll do the old test. Oh, sure. The Lord said to Abram, and this is Yahweh said to Abram, Go out from your land and your relatives and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Okay. And, and oh, I'm sorry. So Abraham went as Yahweh had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions that they had accumulated, and the people he had acquainted in Haran, acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the site of Shechem at the Oak of Morah at the time the Canaanites were in the land. Then Yahweh appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your offspring. So he built an altar there to Yahweh who had appeared to him. Okay. So right here in this passage, we have the very first uh, instance where Yahweh, God, um, I'm sorry, I have to chew a cough thing. Mm -hmm. but <coughs> I don't cough. Okay. Where God makes the promise to 75-year-old 
Abram. He was he was known as Abram at the time rather than Abraham. And so it's the first time we hear of this um, promise. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't say how he's going to do it or when he's going to do it. He just gives him the word. And um, he tells him to go out. He says, I'm going to make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you will be a blessing um, to all the peoples on earth. So as we know through hindsight now, that Messiah came through the Jewish people and the Jewish covenant of God and everything, and our whole foundation is based on um, Israel and, and Yahweh and stuff. So that's kind of cool. So that's the first time you hear of this. So you know what's going on. So let's go to Genesis 13, 13. And um, we'll start with Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, we're going to go from 13, 14 through 17. After Lot had separated from Abraham, or Abram, Yahweh said to Abram, Look from the place where you are. Look north, south, east, and west. For I will give you and your offspring forever all the land that you see. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust of the earth, then your offspring could be counted. Get up and walk around the land through its length and width, for I will give it to you. So now we have in the Old Testament in Genesis the second instance of God saying, I'm going to make your offspring great. It's going to be like the dust of the earth everywhere, right? So remember, he's already 75 years old. God gives him a word. It's not a written word. You don't have the Torah yet. You don't have any of that stuff. But he's speaking directly to uh, what would then become the covenant God of Israel. What I think is interesting, too, is that when he first spoke to Abram, told him to go out, Get out from your relatives, la 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 la, mm-hmm. and then the promise. And then when he t- Lot comes with him, uh, they multiplied greatly, and there was fighting among the men. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Abram says, "Let's not have fighting between us. So go ahead, you pick where you want to live, and mm-hmm. then whatever is left, I will live there." Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that um, Lot chose Sodom, right? And then God speaks to Abram again and makes this promise. Mm. Look north, south, east, and west. And as far as you can see, I will give this land to your offspring forever. After Lot had chosen his thing into Sodom. Yeah, it's good. And then then you see faith too, because he... Abram allowed Lot to choose. That's true, huh? And so you can you know that Abram trusted God with that promise that it, there was a land that he was going to give him. So it's a great point because I think naturally the the other voice the voice of reason in your head you'd want to pick the best. What is it? I can't go. I can't just say you know choose wherever you want and and go live there. I've got to. Because I have this promise, um, I've got to make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be here. So, you, Or just hang with me because God says he's going to make my descendant. And you're part of my family and hang with me. So you're right. That's a really good point. And see, and then all these different <clears throat> tests that Abram 
um, has had went to through, mm-hmm. the more of God is revealed to him. Yeah. So it's, it's what the New Testament calls um, patient endurance. Uh, the New Testament, we'll see this in a bit, where it says um, boast in your trials and tribulations because it builds character and, and builds endurance. So, um, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, even Peter says, count it all joy. It's like none of us could count it joy, Pete. Uh, you know, you roll your slow, Pete. But, you know, what he's saying is the end result is, is going to be better than if you didn't. But it's rough. Uh, the, the book of Jubilees, the Jewish book of Jubilees, non-canonical book of Jubilees, <laughs> says that Abraham had gone through 10 different uh, major trials mm-hmm. like this uh, where God had counted him righteous, but had it declares 10 different uh, things. But you're right. This is like one of them. This is uh, a big thing. And we're going to see later uh, his faith in this promise is like pushed to the limit, uh, pushed to the limit. And this is our example. All right. This is what why we're we're reading this and studying this because it is our example. It's what uh, we're supposed to do when we have the voice of I call it the voice of reason. Um, In the New Testament, Jesus also says, "Are you reasoning within your heart?" Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and normally say, "Well, it's it's good to reason to be reasonable." Yeah, but not when it not when it contradicts the Word of God and the promises of God. You have to you have to elevate that higher. Uh, You have to take. The thoughts that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God, you have to take those thoughts captive, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so then we got Genesis fourteen seventeen. Uh, I think we just did that one. We did under Melchizedek. Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my mistake. <laughs> this one will be seventeen through twenty three. After Abram returned from defeating uh, Kedolah. Mar, and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shevei, that is, the king's valley. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest to God Most High. He blessed him and said, Abram is blessed by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and I will praise to God Most High, who has handed over your enemies to you. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. everything. Abraham is blessed by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. So now you have Melchizedek. Um, and we're only going to verse 20, right? We're yeah. going to verse uh, 23. Oh, So sorry. I'm sorry. Then the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the people, but take the possessions for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand in an oath to Yahweh, God most high, creator of heaven and earth, that I will not take a thread or a sandal strap or anything that belongs to you, so you could never say I made Abram rich. So he's uh, he's right here. I mean, you can look at this as another act of faith mm-hmm. where God gives him favor to take Lot back and you know overcome these kings in battle and stuff. And then the, the Melchizedek priest, is coming out saying you're blessed and blah, blah, blah. Um, and blessing him there. And then the king of Sodom is saying, hey, you know, you you take the spoils, basically. Give me back my people and you take the spoils. And um, 
So Abraham says, no, no, no. I raised my hands off to Yahweh, God most high. He's the creator God of heaven and earth. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, that's one of the things we like about this Holman Christian Standard Bible is when it comes to the uh, name of God, of Yahweh, his, his formal name, they actually put it in the text. Mm-hmm. Instead of, of Lord, capital, they actually say Yahweh. I just think it's beautiful. So he says, I raise my hand in an oath to Yahweh, God most high, creator of heaven. He says that I will not take anything because you'll say, I made Abram rich, but it's, it's, his faith is in God. So you can see that he has this great faith. And that's, you know, that's hard. We read that story, but you figure, hey, that's a lot of spoil. That's a lot of stuff. You went, you did a lot of work and you're going, no, 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 no. You know, it's all on God to bless me, not, mm-hmm. not for anybody to claim that. All right. So then we have the Abrahamic covenant. So now, you know, we're, we're, we're getting more and more into, the, here's what pro, God promised Abraham. I'm going to make you great. Your seed's going to be great, dust of the earth. We still don't know how that's going to happen or when that's going to happen, but he's hanging on to it, even in the midst of having, like you said, splitting the land, going different ways, even in the midst of going to battle and retaining all the spoils, you know. It's um, like precept upon precept. Yes. Yeah, that's what he's, that's what he be doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's go to Genesis 15, 1 through, I don't know. 1 through 6. 1 through 6. Here you go. After these events, the word of Yahweh came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. But Abram said, Lord God, what can you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? And Abram continued, Look, you have given me no offspring, so a slave born in my house will be my heir. Now the word of the Lord came to him. This one will, be, will not be your heir. Instead, one who comes from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look at the sky and count the stars, if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, Your offspring will be that numerous. Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited Yahweh credited to him as righteousness. So now we have a little bit more. He, he reiterates the promise with Abraham. And he just reveals a little bit And a little bit, bit more. more. Now, Paul talks about this. You know, in Romans, Paul talks about um, Abram not losing faith, but contemplating how in the heck this is going to happen because he's so old. And his wife is so old. In fact, Paul says, you know, he's near dead. <laughs> he's like over 100 years old. I'm near dead. He didn't lose faith, but he's like, hey, hey, this is strange. You know, how's this going to happen? And also, you know, with these things, Abraham talks to the Lord, like, how is this going to happen? Yeah, uh, since I am and childless. And kind of giving him, uh, you know, instructions or Suggestions, I should say. I'm childless. Mm-hmm. The heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. We all have one of those, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he goes, look, you're giving me no offspring. Mm-hmm. So a slave born in my house is going to be the heir. So he's already kind of put it together in his mind how it's going to work. And God says, no, 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 no. This ain't going to happen. It's like what God says. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Yeah. My ways are higher than your ways. And so um, with this too... Sarah was contemplating things in her head yeah. as well. But 
this is kind of like our walk of faith. Sometimes when God tells us to do something or, you know, we're in a situation that doesn't seem like there's no way out, mm-hmm. you know, that's when we trust God and believe that he will make a way. And the more that happens, the more you you have this endurance and this um, confidence in God and faith in God because you've already had past experience. And so to me, it seems like God is teaching Abraham how to walk by faith. And we'll see that yeah. later when he he is asked to sacrifice his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the big coup de grace, the big test there. Yeah, it's amazing. You know what else is beautiful about this? It's just the conversation mm-hmm. that the two have. Um, it, you know, God doesn't slap Abram for asking the question or for saying, look, you've given me no offspring. Look, i, I got to remind you, look, um, I know your problems, but yeah, 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 how's it going to happen? And uh, God says, don't worry about it. Uh, but then he takes him outside. Look at the sky. Count the stars if you're able to count them. I can't count them. There's a lot of stars. He said, your offspring is going to be that numerous. And then verse 6, I mean, this is, this is so important here, verse 6. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited the Lord, Yahweh, credited it to Abram as righteousness. And some of the other words that are used is imputed unto him. Imputed. As yes, imputed it, credited it to him, given it to him as right standing before him. Um, because why? Because he did works, he was... Uh, faith, he did this, he was a pre, he paid tithes to Melchizedek. Why did God credit? No, it was because of his faith, his belief. I believe what you told me. And even though it seems a little weird how that's going to happen, I, I believe it. That is our example. That is, that is our example. Um, and see, you go down further. He said also to him, I am Yahweh. Mm-hmm. who brought you from Ur, the Chaldeans, to give you this land to possess. But he said, Lord God, how can I know that I will possess, we'll possess it? it? So so he's still how do I this, know this? conversation yeah. with God, like, I know you said it, but how, how is it going to come? And mm-hmm. he said to him, bring me a three-year-old cow and three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. So Abraham brings all this stuff to Yahweh, and he splits it down the middle and laid the pieces opposite each other, but he did not cut up the birds. And the, the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but a- Abram drove them away. And as the sun was setting, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and suddenly great terror and darkness descended on him. Mm-hmm. Then the Lord um, Yahweh said to Abram, Know this for certain. Certain. Your offspring will be foreigners in a land that does not belong to them, and they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. And that's when they were in Egypt. Mm -hmm. However, I will judge the nation they serve, and afterward they will go out with many possessions. Mm -hmm. And so this is called the Abrahamic covenant, because a covenant was made through the cutting of these animals, and it was a covenant between Abraham and God. So he says, uh, I declared it. And it's an answer to his question, how will I know? How will I know? Uh, Genesis 22, uh, 1 through 19. Now, this is like the coup de grace of of testing. Mm -hmm. Uh, What we've missed here, we missed Genesis 17. We didn't go over that. But that's when the angels visited Abram 
and Sarai in the tent and said, once again, you're going to be, you know, stars, blah, blah, blah. And then Sarai laughed. <laughs> really? And he goes, how come you laughed? I didn't laugh. I heard you laugh and um, kind of a big deal there, you know. But um, at, at that point, uh, they were promised a son. And so as, as, it's, as the promise is revealed, the covenant is revealed in more and more detail, at this point in, in chapter 22, uh, Isaac has been born. Isaac has been born, and he's a little lad. Mm-hmm. And we've already gone through all of that and with Hagar. And we've gone through the story where Sarai gave her handmaiden, her slave, to Abram to have offspring. Mm-hmm to fulfill God's promises. And none of that was God's will or, or anything like that. And that's, you know, we have the Arab people from that today. And they're still offspring of Abram, but they're not the promised seed um, that Israel was. And of course, the Messiah came through Israel. But so here we find ourselves in chapter 22, bypassing all that for the sake of time. So we're going to look at the coup de grace of pushing the faith to the limit and trusting God in the promise. Uh-oh. Because now we have, not we, we don't have the voice of reason anymore. We don't have the voice of reason going, mm, how's this going to work? What we have here is a contradictory voice. It's a voice that's contradictory to <clears throat> what, what God is promising to do. In other words, God has already revealed, I'm going to make you a great nation. The stars are going to, he's like that, you know, the stars and all the stuff. And it's going to come through your offspring. So Abram has the offspring. Now we're going to read where he's told to kill the offspring, to sacrifice the offspring. Um, a voice of reason would say, I, I, that's, it's not reasonable. That don't make sense. Um, but it's even worse than a voice of reason because it's like this is from God, an angel of Lord telling you to do this. But it's contradictory to the promises of God. Which one are you going to believe? Which, what are you going to do? Uh, how, how are you going to act on that? And you, we're going to see here that he's holding on to the promise no matter what. No matter what. Not by arguing. If I kill him, then I don't get the... How in the world? He's not. He's beyond that. He's like, okay, I know you got it. You're gonna, you, you can raise him from the dead. Uh, heavy, heavy stuff. If you really think about what this man um, was put through at this point here. But like I said, it was a precept upon precept. He was learning the um, who the character of God, yeah. Yahweh, and um, that's what happens when we walk by faith. Yeah, and go through our trials, we learn that we can trust Him. Mm-hmm. Little by little, like you said, precept by precept. It doesn't all come at once. Hey, I'm saved, and now I'm super Christian. I'm super joyful. I got super peace. That's like what the disciples, uh, when Jesus told the disciples, I have so much to share with you, Mm. but you can't accept it right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let me read on. Okay. After these things, God tested Abraham. Now his name has been changed to Abraham. Yes. And then we have here, right off the bat, he tested him. We know that this is a test. Abraham don't. Mm -mm. Abraham don't. But we know, reading it, that this is a proving ground for the man's character and belief. Go on. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am, he answered. Take your son, he said, your only son, whom you love, 
go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took with him two of his young men and his son Isaac. He split wood for a burnt offering and set out to go to the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship. Then we'll come back to you. That's faith. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> That's faith. And why would he say that? <clears throat> because he knows. He's going to come back because that's what God said. <laughs> because the promise is not only th with Abraham, but through Isaac. Yeah. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. In his hand, he took the fire and the sacrificial knife, and the two of them walked on together. Mm. Then Isaac spoke to his father Abraham and said, My father, and he replied, Here I am, my son. Isaac said, The fire and the wood are here. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered him, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Then the two of them walk on together. When they arrived at the place that God had told them about, Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on the top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. <laughs> but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he replied, here I am. Sounds very much like uh, Samuel. <clears throat> yeah, here I am. Then he said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son from me. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in his place, in the place of his son. And Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide. So today it is said, it will be provided on the Lord's mountain. So one of the big takeaways here, there's a lot of takeaways, but one of the big ones here is um, <clears throat> this right here, verse 12. For now I know that you fear God. You fear Yahweh. You fear your covenant God, your, your Yahweh. Since you have not withheld your only son from me. Later on in the law, under Moses, he will declare that thou shalt not have any other gods before me, beside me, above me. Nothing shall be elevated above me. Uh, here you have a glimpse of that. You have not withheld your only son from me. You have not elevated your only son above me what I've told you, I promise. Pretty heavy stuff. Pretty heavy stuff. And once again, that's our example. We're not exempt from that example. That's that's where we come from. That's our roots. Mm -hmm. Faith. That's why you're Christian, because you have faith in Christ, the Messiah, to redeem you of your sins. All right? And the other thing, too, if you go up a little bit, the... The uh, gospel is here as oh, yeah. well because, um, you know, it says God will, will himself provide the lamb for the burnt offering. Then the two of them walked on together. But it says um, that Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on top of the wood. And even earlier, um, Abraham had 
Isaac carry the wood on his back, which is Christ <laughs> carrying his cross. Yeah, you got all the typology there, big uh -huh. time. Big time typology. Holy moly. Holy moly. So, and, and I think also when, when um, Abraham told his um, companions, my son and I will go up and then we will come back to you. That is Father God in Christ wow. at the sacrifice, <clears throat> right? Mm -hmm. And Christ his, his, was risen yeah. and he came back to the people. He will come back to you. I mean, that's what I see. Yeah, and they were servants. They were men, mm -hmm. men servants, just like we were servants of God, slaves of God, slaves of Christ. And we're waiting for his return also in that other second coming. Beautiful. So <clears throat> now I think we can move on to the New Testament. Yes. And we're going to hit some Hebrews. We're going to hit some Romans. We're going to hit some James. Uh -huh. And uh, we'll start with Romans. But first, let's take a little break. Okay. Where I want to tell people about you Ejole. and what you offer on the comparison. <laughs> so, take a break and we'll be right back. Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield. We're back. We're back. Hello, 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 hello. Okay, let's start in Romans. 4, 13 through 16. The promise granted through faith. Now, this is Paul writing to the... Uh, called yes. out ones, yes. the ecclesia, the ones who are members of the way in Rome. The faithers in God. The faithers in God. So what, is he, what does Paul say about what we just read about in the Old Testament? He says, for this promise to Abraham or to his descendants, which is us, mm -hmm. that he would inherit the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. Okay, stop right there. So Paul is saying it's not, see, by then we have the Mosaic law. Mm -hmm. But the promise wasn't through the law or the working of the law, but it's through the righteousness that comes from faith. Remember we read God imputed or credited to him as righteousness, his belief, because he believed the word of God, because he believed, God said, I, I'm going to believe it. That was credited to him as righteousness. This is what Paul is talking about right here. Mm -hmm. through the righteousness that comes by faith, belief. And, re and remember, Ephesians <clears throat> 2, um, 8 says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not from works so that no one can boast. 
For we are his creation, we are made into new creatures, created in Christ for good works, mm -hmm. which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. Amen. Amen. Oh, okay, so no, keep going. Up. If those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made empty and the promise is canceled. For the law produces wrath, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. This is why the promise is by faith, so that it may be according to grace to guarantee it all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of Abraham's faith. He is the father of us all in God's sight. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, and he believed God who gives life to the dead and calls things into existence that do not exist. And he believed, hoping against hope, so that he became the father of many nations according to what had been spoken. So will your descendants be. So, that's what he is talking about. Uh, verse 19, I mean, he says he considered his own body to be already dead mm -hmm. since he was about 100 years old. Also considered the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yeah. But but this is Paul's point. He says, without weakening his faith. So it's okay to consider, how is God going to do this? How is he going to make this happen? I have no idea. But it's not okay not to believe. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's okay to consider, but it's not okay to not have faith. you got to have a, a faith. you got to have belief. Um, verse 20, he did not waver. Abraham did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but he was strengthened in his belief, in his faith, and he gave glory to God, right? Why? In verse 21, why? Because he was fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Isn't that beautiful? Therefore, it was credit to him for righteousness. Now it is credit to him was not written for Abraham alone, but also for us. Mm -hmm. It will be credited to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, and he was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. This is interesting. I want to look at, um, I want to show you something here in the NASB, how this is written. Oh, here we go. Here we go, Pablito. Uh, verse 21, and being fully assured or convinced that what God had promised he was able also to perform, therefore it was also credited to him as righteousness. It's because it's Old Testament. Um, now, not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also to whom it will be credited as those who believe or faith in him who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. Resurrection, right? Mm -hmm. But check this out. He who was delivered over, that's Christ, who was killed. He was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. The NASB <clears throat> words it in such a way that, for me, really stands out. Because he who, Christ, who was delivered over, why? Because of our sin, because of our separation from God. So he died to reconcile us, but he doesn't stay dead. If Christ stayed dead and just died only, 
we would only be reconciled. That's it. But it says, and was raised because of our justification. So our right standing before God, our legal standing for God, came with him being raised. So he didn't stay dead just to reconcile us, but also giving us life and defeating death. It's huge. Mm -hmm. The death and resurrection is the huge faith thing that we have to believe in unto salvation. It's the it's the big thing. The whole the um, the CSB says he was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. It says the same thing, but I really like the way the NSAB uh, laid that out. Beautiful. Beautiful, huh? Okay, so where else? Where else in in, in Romans? Oh, we uh, go to. Oh no, we go to um, a little bit of uh, chapter five, don't we? It's written down here. Don't we go to a little bit in chapter five? And uh, we just go to verses um, one through five. Oh, uh, chapter five. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we go to um, Hebrews. Okay. So therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, right? Therefore, that's why, because he just said this. He was delivered for our trespasses, for our sins, and he was raised for our right standing. That's where the faith comes in. That's where Abraham's believing. That's where faith comes in. So Paul says, because of that, therefore, because I just said that, since we have been declared righteous by faith. We've already been declared righteous. We believe in Christ Jesus. We've already been declared. We have peace with God. What does that mean? That we're, I'm so peaceful, dude. No, it means... No, we have peace with him in relationship, right standing with God, and uh, we are no longer under God's wrath. Exactly. We're not enemies anymore. We're it's not like enemies anymore. the story of, uh, in Exodus with the... With the blood on mm-hmm. the lintel and doorpost. Mm-hmm. As long as you were inside there, the, um, the death spirit mm-hmm. would c- cross over and would not harm you. So, Amen. So we have peace with God. How? Through, Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord means master, master. owner, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, we are slaves to Jesus Christ. Slaves to Jesus Christ. Do you know the Message Bible leaves out Lord Jesus Christ 100% of the time? Mm -hmm. Yep. The Message Bible by Eugene Peterson leaves out Lord Jesus Christ 100% of the time. Paul uses it 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. Just a side note. We have also obtained access through him, through Jesus Christ, by what? Faith. Faith. Into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice. In the hope of the glory of God. Remember Abraham hoped against hope? And not only that, but we also rejoice. Oh, here it is, in our afflictions. Why, Paul? Why are you bringing this up? Why are you bringing afflictions up? With all this great faith and resurrection and life, and 
Why are you bringing this up? Because see what Abraham's our example. Abraham was proven and tested and he endured and it was counted righteousness to him to believe God's word. And so Paul says, and not only that, but we also rejoice. We have joy in, in, in what the outcome's gonna be in our afflictions. Why? Why would we rejoice in that, Ms. Capel? Well, because we know that affliction produces endurance, and endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. And this hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Man, and it goes on and on, and we're going to stop there, but my goodness, Romans goes on for while we're still helpless. At the appointed moment, our Messiah died for the ungodly for us. Thank you. We didn't do it by works. We didn't do it because, oh, we're so, we went to church. We did that. It's be, we were in sin in our trespass, and he did that. And he proves that Yahweh proves his own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Messiah died for us. It's totally grace, and that's the faith we have because we're declared now righteous by his blood. And listen to this one, Scott. Look at this one. We will be saved through him from wrath. Whose wrath? God's wrath. Because we're reconciled. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? See, he didn't stay dead. He didn't stay dead. Died. He, he didn't stay dead. He rose up from the dead. How much more will be saved by his resurrection? Come on, people. If I don't hear you shouting, I, I come on. Somebody shout out there. Amen. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord means owner, master, Messiah. We're slaves to Christ. We have now received this reconciliation to who? Through him. To Yahweh, through Christ. No man comes to the Father but through the Jesus. Lord. So we can go on and on in Romans, but you get the point. Abraham believed the promise. The promise came. This is the promise. This is what Abraham <laughs> was told. We then believe in that, and there's, it's too numeral to count. We're like the stars. We like the stars in the sky. I'm more like dust of the sand. You're more like a star in the sky. No. Don't argue with me, Miss Capal. Let's look at Hebrews, okay? Makes me want to have some coffee, tell you the truth, Hebrews. Mm -hmm. eleven seventeen Through 22. Through 22. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He received the promises, and he was offering his unique son. And the other thing about this word unique, son, is um, Jesus Christ when it says that God, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten only son, son, means that Jesus is unique. It's only he's one of a kind. There is no other mm -hmm. savior. There is no other Christ. There is no other son of God. There is no other offering mm -hmm. that um, can be made for on our behalf of our sin. And that's what makes him so unique in that he was uh, fully man and fully God. And um, a lot of translations takes out the word beloved. And um, yeah. they do. 
And that's a very uh, important word because he's unique in every way. Yeah. It's like you, earlier you mentioned Isaac and the sacrifice of Isaac and the wood and the cross. But if you think about, too, Isaac being the unique son, because Abraham says, well, I have Eliezer of Damascus, so a slave's going to inherit. He says, no, 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 a slave's not going to inherit. It's going to be a son. And then you have Sarah that we didn't read in chapter 17 saying, my womb is too old. That ain't going to happen. Here's, here's Hagar, my handmaid, have a son by then, which they did, but it didn't, just didn't work out. It was a unique son. It was the promised son. Woo! The promised son, yeah. Now you're talking, Ms. Kapow. Ms. Kapow, be preaching. Like Jesus is the promised The beloved, son. the unique, exactly. Man. And that's why I like that part, too, about David. His, his name means beloved. beloved. Yeah. And then we are called the beloved as well. Right? Okay. Okay. The one... Uh, it had been said about your seed will be traced through Isaac. He considered God to be able even to raise someone from the dead, and as an illustration, he received him back. See, here, here we get a glimpse that you know Abraham is like, we're going to go up there and do that because the, he told the servants, go ahead and wait, we're going to be back because he says, I know God's even able to raise someone from the dead. He held on to that promise regardless of the testing and the trial and all of that voice of reason, voice of conflict, voice of confusion, he held on to the truth. That's the point. And he know, he knew his God. He knew his God. And he says, God said this, I believe it. And that's what was credited to him as righteousness. So verse 20 says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. But faith, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, and he worshipped, leaning on top of his staff. Now we're starting to talk about mm -hmm. uh, future generations there. So uh, that's it for Hebrews, and I think yeah. we have James. James 2, 20 through 25. Foolish man, are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? You see, that faith was active together with his works, and by works, faith was perfected. So the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness, and he was called God's, God's friend. friend. Wow. So it's more, it's more than to sing the song, I am a friend of God. I am. It's, you can sing that all, all day long. Um, but this is how you become a friend of God, right? You've got to believe God. You've got to believe God, regardless of anything else. All right? Uh, and that's James. And you know, Ms. Kapow, I think, that's, uh, I think that's it on the Bible. It I'll is. I'll share. And that's yep. something amazing. Um, and here's... Um, Here's your little face. <laughs> Let me put your little face right here. Uh, here we go. <laughs> um, so do you have anything else to add to wrap it up? Or? No. That's okay. it. So in general, mm -hmm. what we're saying is that um, we have the written word of God, correct? Uh, we have God speaking to us. If God speaks to your heart or the Holy Spirit guides you, dwells you, something like that, it must align with Scripture. Mm -hmm. Must align with scripture and our faith produces endurance, which is um, 
what the Bible says that only those that will endure will inherit the kingdom of God. That's true, and it builds character, and mm -hmm. it and it, ple it pleases the Lord because you become like His His Son. Because um, in Hebrews also it says. Um, you cannot please God without faith. Exactly. So you have to believe. You have to believe. In fact, you can't even be a Christian. You can't even be a Messiah follower. You can't be a God follower if you don't believe in the death and resurrection of Messiah. That was a whole thing in Jesus uh, when he walked on earth telling the religious leaders, you've got to believe in me and who, who sent me. Mm -hmm. You must because... I am the promised Messiah. There's no way to the Father but through me. There's no uh, There's sacrificial no system. There's no backdoor. There's no third temple sacrificial system. None, nothing else is coming. I'm it. Uh, and so this is credited as righteousness in salvation. But for those of us who are already saved, those of us who are already saved and received Christ, the, the purpose here of this study for those of us that already have received Christ is that the word of God is the word of God, and it's trustworthy and true, regardless of the voice of reason or the voice of conflict or the voice of anything else, contrary voices. The word of God is always true, and we have the written word of God, mm -hmm. and it's in our hearts, and that's what we have to hold on to, and we have to elevate it and lean towards the truth um, more and and let that character be built. All right? Hey. <laughs> Okay, so give them a chow and we will chow chow.